Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I am your host, Ryan Gerard, and I am here with my co-host, Rick Grunewald. Thank you, everybody, for joining us at the, I would say, the locus of uh, all cycling knowledge on the podcast sphere. Would you agree, Ryan? Absolutely. We're actually, uh, if you didn't know, uh, we are on episode 29 already. Oh, we're in the 20s. Almost in the 30s. Almost in the 30s. Yeah. I think I told somebody today we were in the 30s, so... I should correct that. If anyone's noticed too, I miss um, put in. I put in the wrong episode number. That was on a like while episode twenty three. Yeah. So there's like two episode twenty threes. That is just to correct myself. Okay. Didn't, right. I didn't really think people would notice. Well, I think uh, I think some of our most dedicated listeners probably did. But yeah. I'm sure that they've also forgiven. Like Rick's us. mom. Yeah, she, she listens every week. Yeah. She's very dedicated. <clears throat> Takes a lot of notes. You know, our advice has really helped her uh, her crit racing abilities. I understandable. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, not that my mom has ever raced a crit, but if she was to race a crit, I think she would be pretty phenomenal at it. She's Just, more of like a back alley racer. <clears throat> yeah, she's more, alley cat. Yeah, alley cats. Alley yeah, cat. that's kind of her yeah. jam. Yeah, underground stuff. Exactly. Yeah, she's too cool. <laughs> Anyways, Ryan. Uh, so yeah, starting this week, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about our week to week. Yeah. How do you, how do you uh, kind of schedule your your entire week around mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. and uh, for us basketball? Yeah. Doing things on the weekend, social life. Specifically, we're going to talk about something that I've been thinking a lot about called super rest days. Super rest days. Super rest days. Yeah. Which you know is kind of a new concept. I'm owning it, and I don't think a lot of people are have experience with it, but I think it could help a lot of people out. Well, why don't you explain to us, first off, what a super rest day is? Okay. <clears throat> Been thinking about this a lot. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I got a frog in my throat. Conventional wisdom is, you know, you're pretty busy during the week. You don't really have more than like, generally, I think most people have like an hour to, if you're lucky, two hours to ride during the work week, right? So if you're working like a normal nine to five job. And again, this only applies to uh, normal people that are adults and work 40 hours a week. If you're a kid and working 40 hours a week, you probably shouldn't be. That's crazy. But the idea is, you know, you're limited on time. So when you get to the weekend, you kind of load all your riding into the weekend, right? So like Saturday, maybe you'll do like a three-hour ride and like throw like a group ride somewhere in there too. And then you kind of make it a little longer. So like got some intensity in there. It's a really hard day. And then Sunday, you know, you're feeling the legs a little heavier, right? So you'll go out and you'll just do like a like a long but easy ride. It's like you know like a long four hour ride or something like that. And while it's all good training for sure, can't doubt that. I don't think it's actually like super conducive to a starting the work week without being like miserably tired, and b you know kind of like deloading stress from the prior week. So I almost think of it as. You should maybe try to ride a little bit more during the work week, and it's like a little bit extra stress on your body. And you should definitely do a good amount of riding Saturday. Saturday should be like, if you want to get some hours in, go ride Saturday and just load up on uh, training stress. But I'm actually a big fan of when Sunday rolls around, you should do like almost nothing, like super rest day. Like, uh, you know, everybody's got their, their general chores, right? Even people that are doing their four-hour rides on Sunday, they still got to come home. They got to do laundry. They've got to cook dinner. They've got to, you know, put kids stuff away if you've got kids. So, yeah, I'm just a big fan of getting all that training stress in and having like a complete day to 
put your feet up, sleep in, you know, enjoy some time with the family. Just, you know, just like generally uh, be like a person outside of biking, you know? I like that. Yeah. So why don't we um, and, and, start off by putting a pin in that? Mm-hmm. And then let's get back to that later. We'll get back to that. And we'll yeah. start off at the beginning of the week. Yes. So, <clears throat> so I'm on. I'm. I have like a theory that um, during the week, I feel like you know you're at work and stuff. You're kind of on. Like you're always on for sure. And I, I kind of always feel like getting on my bike after work, mm-hmm. even though you're a little bit tired. Yeah. You're still kind of on. And as long as you kind yeah. of keep that switch on, like I feel like I actually get really good workouts in where. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. On the weekends, yeah. I actually f- don't feel like I get as good of a workout because my switch is kind of off. Yeah, I think, and I definitely feel this, like, during during the start of the week, I've got, like, an extra, like, like mental energy, and I'm kind of firing on all cylinders, and that's, like, for everything, right? I'm feeling a little less tired. I can kind of, like, <clears throat> I feel like I can start to load on that stress a little bit more, and I think almost, like, towards the end of the week, I start feeling, like, you know, that mental fog of having a whole week of work and trying to fit everything in and just like daily life, which is why I think once you get to the weekend, it's almost kind of hard to like put a ton of riding in then because you just have like a long week of hard work. And some people, you know, they think that like mental work, even if you work like a desk job and physical, like cycling, exercise, running, they're separate things, but I think they're a lot more related than people actually understand. They, yeah. all, they all affect you in the same way as as uh, as stress. That was one thing I was going to um, get to about the the uh, super rest days was uh, you know um, things about even like uh, going to the store or um, playing video games all day and stuff that uh, actually takes a quite a bit out of you. Yeah. Where even like because I, I mean it's it's I agree like even when you're like mentally <clears throat> thinking and stuff like mm-hmm. you know. It puts stress on your body, and your yeah. brain actually uses more calories to function than your body does. I've thought a lot about it over the last couple of years. Like, you know, when I first started cycling, I was in, I was, I think when I first started cycling a good amount, I was in college, where you do have like a lot of mental stress with school, but in general, your total stress is pretty low. And for most people, I think that's true. I wasn't going to school to be a brain surgeon or anything. I will say, though, um, for me personally, especially in college, Uh it wasn't so much um, just the stress of school, but it was like the stress of having not much time for everything. Because I remember my my senior year, um, I would wake up at around 536 o'clock just so I could ride in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, I had class at 930. And then from 9.30 to like 2.30, I had class. Mm-hmm. And then I was at work by 3. Yeah. And then I worked from 3 to 8. And then it was a half-hour drive home. I'd get home at around 9, 9.30. I would then do homework. And then, do it all over again. And then I'd wake up the next morning and do it all over again. Yeah. So that was where my well, stress came from was I just didn't feel like I had time to do everything. That wasn't your entire college career, though. No, no. And that was, like, your last year. That was my right? last year. So, but, like, for, and for me, and I think for you, for most of your college, you know, career, Yeah. it was relatively... College in itself, I don't think is really that stressful. No, and, and you know, I would, like, I had a hard time turning my brain off, but, like, in general, you know, I didn't have to sit and focus for eight hours on one thing. Yeah. I was kind of, like, spreading it out throughout the day. So, I had, like... It's not that I had more time to train, but I had more 
I had a lower level of life stress. So I could really yeah. load it on. I had nothing going on. So like, you know, I could do a huge ride on the weekend, come back, put my feet up and literally chill till like 10 p.m. the next or 10 a.m. the next day. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I mean. It's like for me, I've been trying to figure out, I think for the last couple of years, like how to balance like the riding stress with having a full-time job and myself I have a wife so I have to you know maintain that relationship and then stuff around the house I can't let like you know laundry go you know undone for weeks on end so I think it's it's I've just had to like rethink a lot about like how I can actually fit my training in around having a busy life in general and for a while I always thought like well I'll keep the rides short and intense during the week right everybody's thought is like you know, I'll just hop on the trainer. Uh, Monday's a, a rest day. Tuesday is like the interval day. Wednesday is kind of a, an easy day. Thursday is an interval hard day. And then Friday is like a rest day. Saturday is the, the you know, big, big group ride day. And then Sunday is the... Um, like Super the, recovery? Well, no, but before it used to be the big long ride, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> but the problem with that is I'd come into the, the next week and I'd be so tired. You know, and, and that might be a function of doing a lot of training in general. But, you know, I think if you if you make Sunday one of your <clears throat> big days to ride, you start the week off in some kind of fatigue. And I think that it definitely affected my work performance, for sure. You know, like coming into the week, it's almost like I couldn't quite hit my like, you know, because I, I care about how well I do in my job, too. It's like I couldn't quite hit like my like peak productivity until like Wednesday when I was really like fully recovered. Yeah. There's something that, to say too about just the outlook of your week mm-hmm. where you get out, like on Sunday when you get like the full day to rest, recover and you know by eight, eight o'clock at night you're thinking about getting ready for bed and stuff and you feel like refreshed and you're like oh you know mm-hmm. tomorrow won't be that bad where if you're tired all day Sunday you realize, oh man, I'm gonna be exhausted at work tomorrow. Yeah. Where it's understandable that you're, you know, a little tired by like Thursday, but then by Thursday you're like, I only got one more day. It's yeah. I can I can make it through. <clears throat> where if you're having that feeling Monday morning, it's just gonna be a long week right off the back. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I also like- and I think that also affects your training because sure. then you're like, I don't want to train tonight. I'm just tired. I should take the night off or something, and it affects everything. Yeah, no, I completely, I completely agree, hundred percent. And my my general thought too is, I'd rather put more stress on a stressful day, and then have have a day to like deload it all, than kind of like even out my stress equally across every single day, and then kind of never have a day to like fully decompress. You know, because most people, Monday and Friday is like their classic rest days, right? Monday because they got a lot of training in the weekend, Friday because they're about to do a lot of training for the weekend. So this is something that uh, I was thinking of. Mm -hmm. And so I used to kind of do that, like Mondays and Fridays were my days off and I would get a three day block during the week and then two days on the weekend. Um, But I always kind of felt like I was only getting half a recovery day. Because when I, while right, I'm at work, I don't really yeah I don't really consider work recovery, mm-hmm. because you know your brain is on the entire time and right. like we were kind of talking about before, your brain consumes a lot of calories, a lot of carbohydrates. Too, yeah, which is what it, you use for exercise and it's stress. It's stress on it your is. body, yeah. even though it's not physical stress. It is stress. So it's not until four thirty at night when you when I get home that I then start the recovery day. So I'm only really getting from 4.30 to 
you know, 930 to just mm-hmm. lay on the couch and just zone out, maybe watch a TV show or something. And most people, if you have a social life, if there's anything, literally anything else going on in your life, like that's no recovery day. That's yeah. Like zero. we play basketball on Tuesdays. Yeah, that's a zero recovery day. You right? know, we used to. We used to go to trivia on Tuesday nights. Um, Um, You know, like you go out, hang out with friends on a Thursday after work. Well, especially on Fridays. If you take your recovery day on Friday, how often are you doing stuff Friday night? Right. That's not recovery either. Yeah. You go out, you have like three beers and all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm my, you know, now I'm not really recovered. And like today was, you know, I, I don't know. Alcohol is a little different, I guess, because technically it's a stress on the body, too. And usually you stay up a little later. I tend to think it also kind of relaxes you, too. So you do get a little stress off your back when you go out and have a couple drinks. But, yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, I think rarely do people actually get arrested. Yeah. I mean, if you really think about it, like when, you know, I everybody likes to compare training to pros, right? What do pros do and how does that translate to amateurs? But pros have complete recovery days where they literally don't get out of bed you know i think it's uh one thing to say about pros too i mean you look at any sport you know uh where they dedicate their entire life i mean when they say they dedicate their entire life it's they pretty much push out anyone in their life and it's Mm -hmm. like i'm focusing on this one thing and that's it yeah i'm not gonna have a social life if it's my recovery day don't even talk to me like it, they are very strict to this one thing. Yeah. That, that completely, their their life is completely absorbed by this one thing. Yeah, and I don't think that's necessarily healthy for most people that are that just have normal jobs and normal social lives, and you know, like you can't like, and you shouldn't push like everything out just to you know make sure you get like your your half recovery day after a Tuesday afternoon. Like, you know, you should definitely still like go out with friends and like see other people. But again, that's why I just think Sunday is like the perfect day. Not a lot's going on. You're not going to have a late night for sure. And you get the entire day for most people. If you have kids, I'm sure this is like not the case to like just put your feet up and have a slow day. Yeah. So like for and you've kind of briefly touched on it, Ryan, for a true recovery day, you should even be doing something that's like cognitively like low gear. And some people like to read, you know, light reading is fine, I think. But like, what is your ideal, like from from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, how do you spend your, your super recovery Sundays? Okay, so my morning, I, I try to stay in bed for a while. Yeah, um, as long as you can is the best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I will, I'll wake up and I always like to make a uh, cappuccino. That really starts my day off, you know, hang out on the couch, mm-hmm. you know, maybe watch a, a TV show or something uh, until like probably noon. And then depending on like if Anna's here or not, if I'll just assume I'm by myself, mm-hmm. you know, um, then I'll uh, maybe I'll get on the computer or on my switch, play games for like a little bit. Um, but then I'll, I'll even like go to what one thing I really enjoy doing is actually going to the grocery store. To find something that I can like cook for dinner. Yeah, and definitely like on your on your recovery day. I'm sorry to interject, but like eat some good food. Yeah, like don't don't skimp. Like don't even though you're not working out, this is like a a total recovery day. Yeah, you should be eating almost as much as you would eat on like a normal workout day. Yeah, so like last Sunday, I went to the store and they were having buy one get one um, 
like tilapia all about the deals yeah and so i they they were like bags of uh sealed tilapia and the, each bag had like six tilapia in it mm-hmm. so i got like 12 tilapia for five bucks yeah and then i made uh fish tacos with that and then Lots i had tacos uh, Ryan, actually Ryan's yeah. our expert taco <laughs> i make a lot store. of tacos like so every night yeah so this one was and then i had some venison bacon Ooh. which is not like normal bacon it's more of it's actually probably closer to like a slice of ham it's, it's really leaner. thick yeah it's really thick mm. and really um thick and like in both ways like it's uh like the width and the the depth of it yeah um, and so I cut that up into little strips and threw that in with the tilapia. So I had venison and tilapia tacos. Wow. That's surf and turf in, in its finest form. And if I, if I can, I'll actually get onto that kind of brings me into my next point is, um, I try to make my life really efficient, you know? So everything I do, I try to make really efficient. So things like making tacos, I make tacos a lot because they are five minutes from start to finish. Yeah. It's if um, whether it's chicken or venison or you know fish tacos, it's really just thawed out, cut it up, throw it in a pan, salt, pepper. You know, I have this. I put this uh, shit on everything. Kind of so, like that's what it says. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. literally what it says. And it's just like a seasoning that I put on everything. Yeah. And so I just salt, pepper, throw some of that stuff on. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some peppers, like uh, red peppers, to yeah. give it a little heat. And it's only five minutes from start to finish, and uh, like just being able to cook something in like five ten minutes. Oh yeah. Makes your life so much easier. Now I am cooking for one typically. Yeah, yeah. Unless Anna's here. Gotcha. But um, on a daily basis, like just making your life super efficient really makes it easier like mentally physically um things like small things small things like when at night um like around 8 30 i always try to like brush my teeth and stuff well while i'm brushing my teeth i'm grabbing the clothes from my closet that i'm gonna wear for work the next wow, day that's like that's like the the most granular efficiency you could think of right but while it's like brushing your teeth once i'm done brushing my teeth that's done too yeah that's true i think a lot of times people kind of like they fill their life with like like stuff that is kind of like minutia right like they they're doing things that are kind of like they take a little bit of energy but they're not really saving them time or mental energy so yeah i mean the fact that you can combine stuff like that is pretty nice pretty nice i think my my sunday is pretty similar to yours actually i wake up in the morning sleep in as long as i can not much of a sleep in kind of person i like to have um you know, generally like a nice big like I like I breakfast. I'd say it's closer to breakfast than brunch. Like a nice big breakfast with like a nice cup of coffee, maybe like two cups of coffee, because like I just love to have like a really like quiet cup of coffee in the morning. And then I maybe like read. I really like to actually consume like my cycling media. Then like I'll do a little bit of reading because it's really like like super easy read it's pretty like, light reading yeah light you reading. can honestly read headlines and get yeah. the entire story most of it yeah skim kind of through cycling tips i love cycling tips and then i like to if there's a race on like i know omloop pet newsblad is i think this weekend yeah. the first cobbled classics of the season very yep. exciting i think the true start to road season but we can maybe circle back to that um so i like to watch like a race that's going on particularly if a belgian classic or like a a Dutch classic is going on. I really enjoy watching those races because they're just so entertaining. 
Uh, and yeah, I just kind of like, I soak it in. I, I, if there's sun outside, I like to sit on our little porch and, you know, just like, just slow down. Like life is so busy. And then the rest of the day, you know, I like to go to the grocery store, similar to you, like get something really good to eat, make a great dinner with like tons of vegetables and like that stuff that takes a lot of time to actually make and just kind of enjoy, enjoy not having to do much. And then, uh, uh, chores too, like, like putting clothes away. I generally say that for like later in the day and then I'll like find a podcast to listen to while I do that. So I'm never, never really doing too much, but yeah, I definitely used to be the kind of guy that like I would go ride for like four or five hours on Sunday and I'd get home and I'd be useless cause I'd be so tired. And then like Monday would be stressful because I didn't do anything over the weekend. So I got no chores done. So then I'm working and then I'm still tired and you know, it's just kind of like a crazy circle. So, uh, before we move on to, because I, I was actually going to bring that up to the uh, on loop, have yeah. Blind, yeah. Uh, what what do you think um, is like the ideal week training week training week for like a person that works forty hours a week? But then, mm-hmm. um, what do you think? How does that change then if you're like a junior in high school versus someone that's in like their fifties? Okay, so who's probably kind of further I'm, in their career, maybe working a little bit more. Yeah, and like I'm actually have kids, maybe. Yeah, so I'm kind of between those two things, I guess. Let's start with a junior high school kid. I think when you're when you're that young too, you probably shouldn't be like super structured in your training. I would be fo- more focused on just riding. I agree. Going out and ride. So like you know, get a couple hours. You know, if you want to. Ride as much as you want to, essentially. I was going to say that, too. Yeah, don't, like, put, don't put a, uh, like, a, no, I'm getting in 15 do, hours a week. Just wake do, up yeah. and think, I'm you know, a three-hour ride today I, feels good. I even think don't even do intervals. Just don't go, do if intervals. You go yeah. ra- if you want to race when you're that young, you know, show up to a race. You're so young, like, you're going to be fine. You're, I'm sure. You'll get you, the, the race you, fitness yeah, just by racing. Yeah, exactly. Have fun. Like, when you're young, young, just have fun. You know, ride, uh, ride during the week, but, like, don't. Don't neglect like hanging out with friends, and then on the weekends, you know, yeah, just ride as much as you want to ride. Like, yeah, simple as that. When you're young, it's super simple. Just you have so much time to ride. Ride when you want to ride. ride. Try to find a friend to ride with. Make it fun. Yeah. So when you're older, I think it's more interesting to answer the question. Honestly, I feel like even though age-wise I'm closer to the junior, I'm actually like life-wise closer to the 50-year-old guy with kids. Um, So like. Uh, if Sunday was your big rest day, this is this is my personal like week, right? Sunday was your big rest day. Monday starts out maybe if you have if you've got like a, a hard set of intervals, do them on Monday. Do them when you're fresh, right? I agree. So do them when you're fresh, and then Tuesday that's gonna be a light spin on your bike, really easy. Wednesday might be another day where you have some intervals planned. So you know you had a, a mini rest day what uh, Tuesday. And then Wednesday is going to be the next day to hit it again. Maybe something a little easier than Monday, but still something pretty hard. And then Thursday is a nice easy spin on the bike. Um, you know, Friday might be also a nice easy spin on the bike. You know, just kind of keep it, keep the legs firing. And then Saturday is your big ride day. So that's either maybe you want to go do like a nice long ride, talk to the wife, just be like, hey, honey, I'm getting up at, you know, 6 a.m. and I'm going to do four or five hours outside. And Hopefully she's cool with that, or maybe that's your day to go drive to a race, and maybe uh, maybe do a couple crits, double up, triple up, do a bunch of races. I think that's one thing to say is never uh, neglect that a race is training. Yeah, 
But um, there's also to say you can kind of make it as hard as you want it to. Uh-huh. Depending, I think it really depends on where you are in the season. Mm-hmm. I think earlier in the season, don't worry about winning so much as getting back in the have groove, fun, have yeah. fun, figure things out. Yeah. So if later, you're winning, if you're winning the training race or the first, I always think if you win the first race of the season, it's probably not a good sign for the rest of your season. Especially, especially if there's bigger races down the road. Yeah. Like for us, June and July, that's when you want to be fast. Nobody wants to be fast necessarily in April. Yeah. I would say, you know, really focus on the, the technique in those earlier races. Yeah. And yeah, figure out, stuff. you know, if you're moving up a category, um, figure out what works and what doesn't work. Because a lot of times when you move up categories, what works in prior categories yeah. really does not work anymore. For sure, for sure. And also, I think my big takeaway too, in terms of like a training week, it's better to do three quality days than four half-ass days. I agree. Yeah. Like, you don't, I think sometimes there's like a a ethos of consistency and dedication, and I think that's definitely helpful for sure. But, you know, if your life is busy you're way better off making making it count on three days mm-hmm. and then in between then resting and, and getting yourself, you know, kind of like mentally prepared than you are if you're somebody that needs to get on the bike every single day and then every workout kind of turns into like, uh, you know, kind of a, a half-assed, you know, oh, I just had to get an hour and so I banged out like, you know, just like a hard, hard workout or something like that. Yeah, and don't be afraid, you know, if you're um – you know, kind of hard on the t- uh, hard on time. Don't be afraid to get a really hard thirty minutes in. Yeah, there's nothing like I think sometimes people focus so much on like if it's less than an hour, it's like basically yeah. not riding. That's not true. Like, you know, if you go and work it, like if you're a really hard ride for thirty minutes, doing VO two at way for thirty minutes is still hard. doing VO two. Way, way better than doing nothing. Yeah, like way if, better than doing nothing. Yeah, you can get really fast on a couple hours a week. You yeah, know, maybe you're not going to be the fastest but I think everybody's got uh, a different life I would say honestly um, four or five hours a week will improve your fitness mm-hmm. anything below that yeah. I would say maintains your fitness you're right um, but if you're even if but if you're like a lower level fitness you know three or four hours will improve it anything when you're at a lower fitness anything will improve mm-hmm. your fitness I mean it, it's always like that 80 20 principle right? 80% of your gains will come from 20% of the work that you put in. Yeah. And then every, all the other work you put in is in pursuit of that last 20%, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So right. uh, cool. let's move on. Just kind of a last little thing. Omloop. Uh, um, omelet. Het nosebleed. Omelet. I'm going to... I stole that one from uh, from Bella News. I'm sorry. Okay. But yes. Um, omloop. Het nosebleed. Nosebleed. Um, is this weekend, I forget if it's Saturday or Sunday. I believe it's Sunday. Considered the first cobbled classic of the season. Actually one of my favorites. Also one of my favorites. I really like the early season races because you kind of can feel like anybody can win. Yeah. Yeah. And typically the the winner of Omloop is somebody that is uh, definitely a good classics rider, but maybe somebody that's not favorite for like Flanders or Perry. Or yeah. Right. So... Ryan, do you have any predictions coming into this weekend about who's I, going to be winning? I'm with- it's it's not even a prediction. I know who's going to win. Who's going to win? It's going to be Philippe Gilbert. 100%. Philippe? Philippe Gilbert. Gilbert. I literally just read an article today where he, he's like, I'm all in. 
you think on so? these races. Yeah. I, my fitness is there. I'm feeling good. Now, Felipe I think Gilbert, he's all in. He's going, he's trying to win all of the monuments. Yeah. He's won three of the five. Now, yeah. I don't know. So I think he's going to go into this race being like, I'm going to test my fitness. You think so? Mm-hmm. I think he's going to come offline. I know I know. Philippe Gilbert is really eyeing up Perry Roubaix this year. Now, he's on Edic's quick step, so it's hard to say whether he's going to be the the man to get the, the green light to really go for it at Perry Roubaix. Who else do you think would uh, get that green light? Uh, Zdenek Stebar would definitely be one of those guys. Um, to be honest, they don't have Nicky Terpstra anymore, which I no. think he was always a really strong I'm surprised that they got rid of him. Um, I think it had to do with the sponsorship changing to okay. Dese Unic quick stuff. I'm also surprised that no other team took him up, and he actually went down to Continental. Direct energy. I can understand that, though, because he is later in his career. He probably doesn't want to travel as much. Direct energy gets an invite to the Tour de France. He gets to go to all the biggest races. He doesn't have to go to some of the races that are... Maybe not as not as uh, desirable, if that makes sense. To be quite honest, he probably makes more money there too. Yeah, I think he has a, a better lifestyle for being that late in his career too. Mm-hmm. You know, he has kids; he's getting older. You know, he probably wants to be around them a little bit more. And he's thirty-seven, I think, somewhere around there. Wow. He's, he's kind of late thirties, so like er, like mid to late thirties. So mm-hmm. he's probably does he doesn't have a ton of years left in the sport. So who's your uh, prediction? Um, for Omloop Hepnusblad, let's see. So Michael Valgren had won this the the following 2018 edition. I know, ooh, I believe Walt Van Aert and Matthew Vanderpool are both. I I might be mistaken, but I believe they're both going to be in the race this year. I because Walt Van Aert I believe is in Lotto and El Yumbo. Yep. I would put my money on Walt Van Aert. I think yeah. he had a really good classic season last year. He landed on the podium at uh, Strada Bianca, and I think that he's really all in on the road season from now on. I I'm pretty much I'm pretty sure that he's done with cyclocross. Uh, if not, he's mentally checked out of cyclocross. Mm-hmm. I think. So, yeah, I think he's just all in on road season, and I think he really wants to kind of make his name in the in the the Belgian greats of of classics winners. Yeah, I will say I think both Philippe Gilbert and Wout Van Aert end up in the lead group at the end. Absolutely. Omloop Pep Newsblad is interesting, too, because it usually ends in a small group finish. Mm-hmm. I don't think in many years there's been a solo winner. Michael Valgren last year was definitely an exception, although he did take a late flyer, too, which kind of explains how he won ahead of a kind of like a, a sprint group, like a sprinting or, well, uh, a chase group that ended up being a bunch sprint. So it's hard to say how the race is going to end because it seems to have a different finish every year. I think that in out of all the races, this is definitely the race where like an unknown wins. Like last yes. year, it's, it's early in the year. Right? Last year, what was his name? Who won last Michael year? Michael Balgren. Uh, I he kind of won on a fluke. You know, he he really he yeah. jumped. He's a solid when, rider, but yeah, I yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I'd he's agree. definitely a good rider. He was in. Right. He was in like he the, jumped. Nobody went with him. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what happened. Is he jumped when and nobody went with him, mm. and I, I think Who's that's. Your, so who's your wild card pick then for Omloop? Um, honestly, my wild card pick, uh, I know he's like a favorite, but Peter Sagan. I just don't think that he's going into this race with, um, he's still kind of building his fitness, mm-hmm. but you know he, he just knows these races so well that he's going to be somewhere in the mix. I don't know if he's going to be in the front group, maybe in like a close to the front group. Yeah, I'd agree with that pick. I actually don't think it's too much of a dark horse uh, I think it was twenty. 
oh boy, 2017 or 2016, Peter Sagan was in a four-man sprint group with uh, Oliver Nason, Greg Van Avermaet, Seth Van Mark, and he ended up, I think, getting second to Greg Van Avermaet. Um, I mean, he's always been really close to, I, I don't know if he's won this race before, but I think Sagan is focusing on Milan mm-hmm. San Remo this year. I think he yeah. wants to win San Remo because he's won Flanders, he's won Perry Roubaix. I, I don't think he cares that much about being the two-time winner of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I think he wants to have won everything. So I think he's trying to peak his fitness a little earlier in the season, which Milan San Remo is is one of the earlier monuments and earlier yeah. classics. I will. Um, I'm actually going to take that back. Um, my like underdog pick. Oh, sorry, I have to correct that. I don't know if Milan San Remo is a monument. I'm not sure. Yes. Go, yeah, it is. It is. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, my underdog pick is going to be the American. Taylor Finney. Taylor Finney? Yes, because wow. he I, he is all in on classics this year. He is. I I don't... I, I, think he's, I think he's coming into his peak of his career. I, I personally think Finney is really focused on Roubaix. He had a really good ride at Roubaix last year. I think it's a little early in the season to, to pick him as a winner, especially in the style that he has to win. He's not going to be... Uh, a sprinter. He's not going to mm-hmm. sprint out of, a, out of a small group. He's going to have to attack from, I'd say, like 10K out or 5K out. So yeah. I, I don't think he's going to be quite to the fitness that that requires, but that's just my opinion. I will say, because uh, I think um, he has everything to prove, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where I'm coming from, where I think he's going to he's gonna want to be at the front of every single race. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So that's where I'm that. coming from. Okay, good assessment. All right, Ryan. Anything else before we wrap it up today? Uh, one quick thing I wanted to ask you about was the um, youngest rider in the world tour, uh, Remco and Envelope. Yes, Envelope. Some, something like that. Um, what are your thoughts? Nineteen years old, world tour, one of yeah. the youngest world tour riders. It was a pretty smart move for Edix to quick him up, pick him up. He's obviously hyper talented. Um, yeah, I, I think. Did he already get? He got like third on a time trial, I think, or did he? Yes, win, he took he third, win? and then he took uh, either top ten or top fifteen on the stage three. Yeah, he's and he doesn't have that many years actually cycling. He's he's obviously a genetic freak for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, it was. It I was believe really, his dad was a world tour rider. Yeah, it was obvi- It was very smart of edX to quick pick him up. Um, I I mean, yeah, I think he's probably going to be huge in the sport. It's it's I mean, being that young, it's hard to say whether he's going to be a classics rider, a Grand Tour rider, maybe like a hilly a hilly Ardennes rider, but regardless, I think he's going to be super strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Is okay. That yeah, it's pretty good. We're at thirty five minutes, so I think that's a pretty solid podcast. Solid podcast. We don't want to make it too long for you guys, so we'll no. wrap it up. Uh well, uh, follow us on Facebook at Bike Race Weekly. Yep, subscribe to us. You can subscribe on iTunes, on Stitcher. We're available on Android or iOS. Uh, be sure to leave us a review, too. We'd love to hear what you guys think of the podcast. Subscribe so we're our newest episodes are always uh, showing up in your feed. And, yes. Uh, Best way to find when we post episodes is to follow us on Facebook. That's right, yep. And we'll be back next week. Hopefully, we'll talk about probably Amloop Hep Newsblad. Probably. See what happened, and then we'll talk about the following classics to come because it's road season, baby. It's, it's road here. season. It's here. It's here. Yeah. So excited. All right, everybody. Take it easy. We'll catch you next week.